A very good evening and welcome to Season 3 Episode 10 Oh damn, we're actually at 10 episodes of Season 3 already And well, I'm just going to go straight into it And joining me tonight is uh, Manchester United correspondent Nathan As well as our Newcastle correspondent Cash um, If you guys are wondering why Pascal isn't hosting again It's because he's still stuck in America And... You know, last week I did say that he was trying to expedite the process of the change of ownership from FSG to Trossard, but, you know, due to the recent events that happened, he is still in America because uh, there is a new change of ownership between Leandro Trossard and I think Bukayo Saka is now the new Mm. owner of Liverpool. So, Godspeed, Pascal. Hopefully the uh, transaction process goes extremely smoothly. And um, BK and Lionel, they couldn't make it because they have uh, other commitments. But the show will still go on. And I'm going to start off with the match of the weekend. Arsenal versus Liverpool. And I'm going to get the, the, the thoughts of the guys right now. But from my standpoint, right? Like, yes, much has been said about Arsenal this season. Can they keep up? Can they... um kind of rub shoulders for the big boys and you know early stages they had a little blip against Manchester United yes they played well but ultimately they did not come away from Old Trafford with three points so a little bit of uh, the seed of doubt was kind of uh, sown into Arsenal fans uh, as well as you know the the, the minds of the, the neutral fans if Arsenal could really dig deep and challenge City And so they kind of answered it with um, a plump, beating Spurs 3-1. Okay, it wasn't really much of a beating, it's more of a demolition. Mm -hmm. And right now, the next challenge that they had to face was Liverpool. Who were their bogey team? Because since Klopp took over Liverpool, I think the stat was, um, I think they kind of played 19 games with Klopp's Liverpool team beating them 11 times out of the 19 games. And... Yeah, you could be forgiven for saying that, oh, um, it's, it's going to be a, a, a tough challenge, even though Liverpool are not really playing well at the point of time. Even some of my Arsenal uh, fans, who are my friends, they said that, oh, they would take like a draw against Liverpool because, you know, recent history dictates that Liverpool always scores a bucket loads against them. Mm-hmm. But um, as events kind of turned out on the weekend... Mm, Arsenal did get the bus- the job done, and listening. F- uh, I, I was I was listening to uh, some Liverpool content creators on YouTube, and the general vibe is that Arsenal did not play that well, but still got the three points, and it was just a Liverpool kind of being their own worst enemy. And I kind of thought to myself, mm-hmm. damn. Uh, yeah, actually, I, w- I wanted to ask you that. I wanted to mm. ask, like, how much do you think this is coming down to um, Arsenal being impressive, or is it more of Liverpool shooting themselves in the foot? Like, this was that kind of game, right? Where mm-hmm. you it was either going to be a resurgence, and you see Liverpool use this as a stepping stone if they want to get some form back. But in the end, mm-hmm. it, I think I think the highlight of this was actually less of Arsenal shining and more of like bigger question marks over Liverpool and 
and and just where where they're going like what it looks what looks um like kind of i think a word that was used um recently uh, i was listening to the gary neville podcast and then mm-hmm. he used the, the term is this a blip or is this really the start of a decline for liverpool mm. and i think that these are like kind of like the questions that that are more um kind of like hanging over this the this fixture now that it's over mm-hmm. yeah what what do you think well um i think every team has its shelf life like mm. the uh, that's why Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, like as I say time and time again, the greatest manager in the Premier League era, he has successfully made different factions of of teams. Like you have your, um, it was the Dwight Dwight York and uh, and the Cole, Cole era, and mm-hmm. then they slowly transited. They got Wayne Rooney, they got Carlos Tevez, and they got uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. And after that, uh, the much later stages, they got Van Persie. And although the midfield roughly stayed the same, but the attackers and the defense usually kind of rotated because they needed to keep everyone on their toes. It's not like, oh, it's a free ride because you are the number one player. You are starting week in, week out. And we're just going to get backup players that are kind of inferior in terms of mentality and quality. But mm. as you as you could tell, I mean, you are a United fan, so you knew the quality of players that Ferguson were, was bringing in. No one was like a sure starter. If yeah, you actually, didn't, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. United's mm-hmm. one is such a is now that we're kind of going on this tangent. Uh, it's always been a bit of a very interesting story because if if you look at it on paper, and we know football's not played on paper, but if you do look on it on paper, United has. Uh, on some occasions a really strong squad but there were I think if you go, go back to I think there were some games especially the Champions League one against AC Milan AC Milan had that super stacked squad if you recall mm-hmm. you know the one with Clarence Seedorf Kaka mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bex Ronaldinho you know and then United were putting in and this is no disrespect but it's players like John O'Shea you know Darren Fletcher these players who are kind of like I think the closest match would be in this modern day would be like someone close to like a Milner like these really hardworking grafters um, but they're definitely like they're no um, Thiago they're no like fancy switch the ball out that kind of player you know they just go in there do the job that the manager asks them to do industrious do well. I think that's the word very industrious mm-hmm. yeah I think that's the term yeah and and because of just I guess the reverence that everyone has for so Alex is just like I'm just gonna work really hard for this manager, you know. So mm-hmm. there were times where the team didn't look really strong on paper, but yet we still got the results, and that comes down to kind of like maybe at the time was the mentality and the culture at mm-hmm. Manchester United because they were so used to winning, so it kind of becomes very ingrained in them. A bit like how I think it's most likened to modern day it's Real Madrid in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. They're like even though they can be down. Um, they just never show that kind of fear. They're just so uh, full of confidence and self-assurance that they can get themselves back into the game. So, yeah. Th- but that's more of like a mentality thing. So, yep. right now on the Arsenal and Liverpool side, I think we're starting to see what, um, in my opinion, it kind of like fade. You know, even though that team has been winning quite a lot and quite recently as well. Like, don't get me wrong. This Liverpool team is not like, um, they haven't won anything like United for, like for the last couple of seasons. They've been contending, and it was just last season, right? That we talked about they were contending for like four trophies, 
mm-hmm. but this season it's almost like I think we mentioned it before it's almost like they are having a hangover yep like they they can't kind of recover from that so yeah it's 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 been it's not looking too good for the pool yeah but before mm-hmm. i get uh cash's thoughts on it i think this current crop of players they badly need refreshing they need uh I wouldn't say a whole new spine, but they, they, they do need players that will improve the midfield because I do remember, um, I can't remember which pundit said it. Um, it could be Jamie Rednet, but he did say, some some pundit on Sky said that um, it would take really talented midfielders to improve this current Liverpool midfield, which at the point of time, the players he referred to was Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson. And uh, it's pretty hilarious because as kind of as things turn out it didn't really uh turn out that way because Thiago we all know how injury prone he is and he's like kind of uh Liverpool's version of Callum Wilson you know like uh, it's it's a bonus if he's fit but you know sometimes he gets a little niggles and injuries there which kind of keep him out for 30 to 40 percent of Liverpool's games Henderson should not start in Liverpool's 11 anymore and we're gonna get to Klopp later because some of the tactical changes he made in the Arsenal game is just he's just a head scratcher Fabinho hasn't gotten started at all this season and yeah as in we can we can really talk about Van Dijk and everyone's uh poster boy of for hate at the moment or rather lightning rod of criticism uh Trent but I think um, before before I, I, I toss the ball to, to Cash, right? I think Klopp has to have a good look at himself because he has been extremely whiny since the start of, of the season. Like uh, the, the 2-2 draw against Fulham at Craven Cottage, he kind of blamed it on the pitch and he said it was dry. And he's mm. kind of really persistent with the uh, 4-3-3 formation when it clearly wasn't working because his midfield wasn't up to scratch. And yeah, he did mm. try the four two three one formation against Rangers, and it did work. They did keep a clean sheet, but this is Arsenal, man. It's not Rangers, and yeah, the I'll I'll kind of explain in detail what I I saw Klopp did in the mm. Arsenal Liverpool game. That little change in tactics, which just ultimately lost the game. But I know Cash is waiting in the background, gleefully rubbing his hands because waiting in the wings. He, he he's nice. gonna go all in on 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 Klopp and Liverpool. So, Sub yeah, Cash, your, your thoughts, man. <laughs> uh, okay, might might not um expect me to say this, but I I felt that Liverpool actually played all right yesterday. But that being said, um, I I do agree with you when you said that um Klopp has to take a look at himself, um, with the tactics that he set up. Because I think that with I need to be very careful with my words here, but um I think with someone who is a lot more tactically astute, right, and with the crop of players that Liverpool have that better tactically more astute manager might have won the game as compared to Klopp. Maybe it's Klopp who is um maybe a bit like blindsided um this season because usually he does get his tactics right. But um, this season, things are just not going for him in any sort of circumstance. So, the first thing that, that reminded that that made me a bit... Um, I'm going to compare him to someone that I don't think Liverpool fans will 
like to hear a lot but the person is uh ollie uh why i say that is because um back when ollie was uh you know there'll, there'll be times where he you know he gets trashed a few games and then he needs that perfect game to come back and yeah, in and typical right? yeah in typical menu fashion or maybe ollie fashion it's like that game where he's supposed to get a sack he will come back with a win right and with that win he might probably experiment with a with a formation and that formation works and then he'll just use it until he loses again and and then the patch starts again and it'll be a cycle so when when Klopp went for the four two three one against Arsenal because he did it against Rangers and he won that reminded me so much of Oli because first things first right you don't play two holding midfielders and one uh, cam against Arsenal when they are so good in holding the ball That's, that, that at least is my thought right you I would feel that a four three three would have suited them in the first place. That was that was that was what I was thinking at the start. And kudos maybe that Henderson probably uh did alright. I wouldn't say he was bad, he did alright. But a better midfielder at his peak might have stopped the second goal. Then the the second thing that I I, I watched and I felt that was uh, I was watching a uh, watch along as well, listening to a watch along as well during the game, and a lot of people are starting to say that Klopp is being very stubborn because, um, I think Darwin was screaming out for someone to play off him, and Jota mm. was took off very early. Right, I felt like the person who could do that was actually Mo Salah, because he was so isolated on the wing. Uh, Tomiyasu did a very good job on him, and uh, if Salah had moved in the middle, right, I think it would have caused more problems, but. I have never really seen Klopp switch around people that way. Maybe back in the previous season, he might move Mala, uh, move Mane into the striker position or Salah into the striker position. But that's usually the only thing he would do because back then he didn't have Darwin and Jota and Firmino are always injury prone, right? So um, I felt like the Klopp could have done a lot more with rearranging his players because they don't become crappy players overnight we mm. see how Firmino mm. was still holding his own you know he he's still very uh, it's like what, what they always say uh, class is permanent right and then mm-hmm. we, we saw it with uh, Firmino his, so, his finishing this season has been incredible right yeah. yeah like that's not that's very unfirmino like like he usually takes three or four chances to score but that second, that I uh, rather that that goal was, wow! Like I didn't yeah. expect him to do that. <laughs> so mm. I I do feel that with anyone associated with Liverpool, that that is actually a very good thing that you see. Okay, Firmino is stepping up in a season where their attackers are not really pulling their weight, which is is good for anyone associated with Liverpool to see. But at the mm. same time, just now we I mean we did cover a bit of the transfers and like uh, rebuilding the squad things like that. I felt like two seasons ago there was already trouble. These two seasons ago, the season, the season where Wijnaldum left, I think you mm-hmm. guys never really replaced for uh Wijnaldum. And the strength of Wijnaldum is not just being on the pitch; it's also getting on the pitch, which yes. now Liverpool are struggling to to uh have a regular, you know, a three midfield or two midfield mm-hmm. in the team. They did try to replace him, right? They tried to do it with Keita, wasn't it? I guess yeah, yeah but, but 
I would say that Kita was already in the squad. Like he's a squad player along with Ox, along with um, Shakiri, and then, then when they introduced uh, Elliot with Curtis Jones, all these people were already part of the squad. So I don't remember them bringing anyone in. And what I do suspect is that they they put a lot of hope on getting Chumini, and they didn't get him. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. And then when Klopp first said before he got before he brought in Arthur. Right. Uh, they brought in Darwin Nunes <laughs> and then Arthur. he said yeah. that okay I'm not going to bring anybody in so my first suspicion was that he brought in Kevin Ramsey to play right back and then he's going to move Trent into the midfield mm-hmm. I still do see that happening especially with the outrage with Trent recently um, but I feel like Klopp should have started rebuilding long ago he shouldn't have waited till this season or or like waiting until January to maybe try and yeah, get Bellingham yeah. which might in, not but, be yeah but yeah, yeah. Sorry but from what I heard um, is there's been two different stories one is FSG being FSG they don't want to reach down to the pockets to spend and the other side of the story is they do have the money to spend but Klopp just doesn't want to I know the letter sounds a bit absurd because why wouldn't you want to spend money to upgrade your squad but this is the current rumour I've been hearing that they do have like a treasure chest for Klopp to spend but Klopp he's so loyal to the, his current crop of players that he doesn't really see the need to invest more in certain areas which is why he really likes to play Milner and Henderson. You know, if that is true, right, it's a sackable offence because it's 2022. Hendo and Milner should not get anywhere near the starting eleven. but yeah, do, do go on. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, going off what you just said uh, and just now what we discussed about Sir Alex Ferguson, the f- Sir Alex never need, needed to always replace people, but he had that knack of always bringing someone in to make sure, hey, don't rest on your laurels. And I think Klopp never really introduced that kind of player into the, the Liverpool squad that started dominating. The only person that st- sort of challenged was Jota when Firmino was starting to so-called decline um, I don't think that Klopp might I don't think Klopp is very keen on managing big egos this mm. is just my my very mm. first um, um, what you call that like observation la. like I, I never really put a lot of thought into it but since we are talking about it something came to my mind like yeah actually actually not, that's an interesting thought yeah yeah, because um, okay, I I don't want to go back to when he was in Dortmund or when he was previously managing, but at least for Liverpool, you he never really had the big egos to manage. The only one that I can really remember off my mind would be Emery Chan, and even that he was around for a bit and then he he just built. So mm-hmm. is is that testament to Klopp's um man management but I think that out of most of the managers he had he has the better man management as compared to people like Pep people like uh, uh, who are the better ones like Conte and Tuchel so mm. it, it does confuse me uh, I don't, mm. we Tuchel never really, doesn't man manage very well yeah he just <laughs> hey play <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I do it, it's a bit confusing maybe I don't know much about Liverpool to the point where I can say that oh you know he's like that like I would be able to cover Eddie Howe this way but not Klopp so this are most of the time are speculation but at the same time looking at him not being able to move tactics around and even like bring the best out of uh, Darwin Nunes or 
change everyone's role so that they can bring in newness more. Um, I might have to resume my hot take on on on, on why I think about Klopp. <laughs> I think it's interesting because like Klopp didn't or there weren't any strong rumors about Klopp going into the market for. Um, I mean, the last big name player they brought in was Thiago, and to be and granted, I think he came in with, with the kind of pedigree, um, of a player who would be suited to join a team that was challenging for Champions League finals. You know, that's about yeah. the time when he came in, right? Um, and then, so yeah, I think I think Liverpool have the history. They have the size of the club. They had. The momentum at the time to have actually kind of gone in that direction. Uh, maybe this is it's not a rumor, but I thought one of the things that they could have done if their midfield were in the state that it was would have been to possibly go for a player like Casemiro. You know, yeah. Instead, like United went for him, uh, because we have, and I have labored this point a lot. We have midfield problems of our own, uh, especially <laughs> in the center defensive mid mid mm-hmm. uh, position. But but likewise, so does um. Uh, Liverpool actually They have a a player in, Who's a bit more Boxer box In Fabinho And they have A playmaker Who uh, In Thiago Who I would say Kind of does the role of A little bit of Like a Tony Cruz style Of like Keeping the rhythm Of the game going But As we've mentioned earlier Already He He doesn't play enough To be Integral in the team To build the team around him Because he's He's always injured where he's getting these niggling kind of bites, so he's he's in for a couple minutes, out for the next game, back in again, you know. So, with that, with that kind of inconsistency, um, you can't really build uh, a team around it. the The most successful team that that club had were players that were in all the time. When Hendo was at peak form, he was playing uh, almost every game, I would think. Um, and then he had that strong spine, and then the devastating front three. But now he has a front three that is. Kind of still learning about each other. You have Diaz, um, Diaz and Nunes. I kind of like their kind of partnership. I think it's it's. I'm starting to see something there. Um, Salah is the one that looks a little bit off this season, and that's yep. probably why they are where they are because they relied so heavily on Mo Salah, and this season he's just been, especially after Mane left. You think maybe he, this is the his real time to like establish I'm like the king in Liverpool, but. But his his relationship being like, with, with yeah. Mane was so important that now that Mane's gone, he doesn't have that guy to riff off. You know, mm, yeah. uh, they they had such a good kind of like chemistry. I wouldn't say it, it's similar to Andy Cole and Dwight York because the style is very different. But it was mm, the same yeah. kind of energy of like I know where you would be, so I can mm. just kind of lob one in and I know you'll get onto it, and then I'll I'll get into this box and take the rebound. And there was that kind of chemistry, and that just doesn't exist with this team now. And it's so, so so weird yeah. though to play your best player in a it's not even a right forward it's like he's hugging the touchline he's playing that Beckham role where he's out right uh, he's out wide he's at he's near the chalk line and he's swinging crosses for you know Diaz and for Nunes yeah and it doesn't seem to do that it's not as in um pri- prior to the the Arsenal game like he's he he's doing that a lot against Bournemouth he's more of a Playmaker right now Which is not What made Salah Like One of the most lethal Attackers in In the Premier League Yeah you And you think that's kind of Best finisher To be Closer in the to box, goal right? Yeah than, Yeah yeah. But but maybe that's why they're, they're adjusting their playing style Because they've Decided to go for a um, Target man striker In mm-hmm. Nunez right So but they then They should be clicking sooner If not they'll be In much more trouble 
Mm. Yeah, but how much does that, you know, put in put Klopp's tactics under the microscope? Because his uh, most prolific or rather his most successful seasons with Liverpool was when they played with a rather selfless false nine, which was Firmino, and they let Mane and Salah kind of do their own thing. Whereas mm, right yeah. now they're currently struggling to integrate the number nine, who has been doing relatively okay. But it's the detriment of their like, white don't players. Don't take away in the in the Arsenal game. I think he did quite well, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But he did. but but that's just one of um, mm. the rest of the season. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to go back mm. to Thiago for a uh, mm, yeah, quick yeah. one. Yeah. So um, just now you made a comparison that he's a bit like our Callum Wilson. Um, I agree, but I think one one issue is like I I don't want to make it sound like a negative connotation, but I think that Thiago's skill sets does not suit every game. So that makes it even worse. Like if you miss, like let's say forty percent of games, you have sixty percent of games. But not every game you suit. So, in in a way, you are not like the most e- effective in every single game that you can play. Mm-hmm. That is true yeah. because yeah, Liverpool's successful campaign or successful years came when they had three industrious midfielders yeah. to actually do all the dogged running, which is why Trent and Robertson could able to bomb forward so much because they know they have ample cover behind them to snuff out any possible turnovers of the ball from the opposition whereas right now right like Klopp is trying to implement the same tactics but with a different set of players in terms of skill sets and that that first goal that they considered you know the, the Martinelli one mm-hmm. Trent and Henderson just got absolutely done on the right hand side and it's just and Van Dijk man it's, it's not just Trent because Van Dijk is, has been a problem since the start of the season like I think the uh, kind of uh, Eureka moment when because if, if you guys I'm sure you guys didn't know that Van Dyke kind of had this stat for a few years where no one could beat him on a one-on-one like mm-hmm. no one dribbled yeah. past him that was his USP yes but until the, the match at Craven Cottage where he conceded a penalty against Mitrovic because Mitrovic he's not a He's not rapid, you know, Mitrovic, but he he went. He to, turned him. Yeah, right. he turned Van yeah. and I think that was the point of, or rather, that was a realization from the other Premier League clubs that hey, this Liverpool team can be can be gotten at, man. Like you just you just run at them, and I don't know. Van Dijk seems to be he's a very clean defender in the in the sense that. He doesn't do any dogged challenges like you know. Yeah, the, he, he actually the has very like little cards. I don't have a yeah. stat to back it up, but he he exactly. rarely get. I don't see him in like, the book much. Yeah, like he his pants are always clean. Like if you get what I mean, compared yeah, to so um, the there's this defenders. conspiracy theory. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys were the one who discussed it and I listened to your podcast or another group, but um, essentially, I think he got very caught up with that USP, <laughs> as as Nathan puts it, and then uh-huh. he stopped trying to go for tackles because like if I don't go for tackles you know no one get pa- gets past me mm-hmm. so um, I think the the one that people really pointed out was the Jaden Sancho goal yeah, yeah. where he just stood and blocked and then mm-hmm. Milner was was so angry with that right mm-hmm. so uh, that that was when I also stood up and started to take notice that hey this guy right he loves to run around with hands behind his back but he's not really putting in the challenges that mm-hmm. you need and um he it might be just a bit too obsessed with that that stat. Mm. <laughs> but like okay, before I think we move on, I I think Liverpool 
in that sense, especially on the Van Dyke, it's so strange because he comes with that that I mean, no one is undroppable because of their name, and we've seen that especially with what has happened recently with like Ronaldo and stuff. Um, but it takes a manager to just look at the player and be like, take off the rose tinted glasses and be like, this guy is yeah. actually not the same player anymore, yeah. and and I gotta do something about it. But then if you put yourself in Klopp's shoes, then you look at your bench and just like, but do I put Gomez instead of him? Or do I put <laughs> Matip? Like, it's just like, oh no, it's it's not better, you know? It's <laughs> so like, like, damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like I recall it back in the United times when we didn't have uh, like a Varane. And I was thinking, oh, the pairing now is Maguire and Lindelof. It's like, it's not that bad. But then when one <laughs> of them has an off game, you look at the bench and just like, and a half-fit Bailly? Mm, do I want to do that? Yeah, but the... <laughs> or a, a Phil Jones that hasn't played for... Liverpool for has Konate like and Gomez, which... Um, I think for Gomez, it's more of a confidence issue. Whereas Konate, uh, I've not watched enough of him, but the times I've seen him, I, I thought he was really solid. Maybe he doesn't have a good partnership with Matip for now, and he was better alongside Van Dijk. So maybe in training, they should, you know, put a bit more effort in... Uh, I'm not teaching them how to coach, lah. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it just feels. It just feels like, like maybe but they're just doing what they are, what they know how to do, mm-hmm. and then they didn't stop to think. Oh, maybe there are other things that we should try just in case because like things are just not working out for us. But if you were Klopp, right? Would you drop Van Dyke because it's still Van Dyke, or would you rather play him through his um pretty spiky and and like he's on a bad run of form right now most of the Liverpool fans uh, rather Liverpool players are so do you just continue picking him and playing him and hopefully he plays his way out of his bad form or do you think that this is something that requires him to sit out a few games I th- I think um he's still not horrible you know like um there are times where we see, we have seen even the like John Stones or Ruben Diaz they did look really really poor or even like for Chelsea, you know, sometimes when uh, like Kolibali, sometimes he does look quite awful. So I, I, I think it's just a bit of like, hey, well, what's up? Like, what's going on this season? How come you are not like taking control? Is there something going on? Is it about the stat thing? Like, you, if you're a manager, you do have to be quite brutally honest. Like, you have to have these discussions with your players and say that if that's the case, like, really just, you know, put that aside. Uh, need you to take a bit more control. Everyone's looking up to you and things mm-hmm. like that. Because you know, if if you're if you're the leader at the back, right? Then, um, let's say I'm Konate and I see Van Dijk. Oh, he doesn't need to put in challenges. Then I might be thinking, oh, maybe I don't need to do that as well. Okay, so that could be a problem, yeah. Because like, oh, is that your style? Is is that the mm. team style? I'm gonna try this as well. Then that might bring up more problems. But okay, then, so if, to answer yeah, yeah. Sasha's question, would yeah. you, um? Take him off, or, or would you just let him try to play I his would, way out of this? I would still play him, but I I I would need a serious chat with him. We, we need to have dinner at his place. Okay, maybe, <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll take the opposite. We, okay, I'll <laughs> do the I'll do the I'll I'll take him off for a while because I think <laughs> in his position he needs to know like, yeah, like you are. Everyone looks up to you, and you're the leader. But nobody is guaranteed a a, a spot in right. this team. You yeah. gotta work for it, and so like I'll just take him off and like. Do the same thing that I think Ten Hag did to Ronaldo. Just like this other guy looks good in training. I'm just gonna do it. Play him in the game. But and if the Konate and Matip pairing like works for that game, I'll just be like, 
that's it for you you know like until you show more hunger and like desire and like passion to like go into tackles and show that that form that you had you're not mm-hmm. getting back into this team just because you are Van Dyke. but I guess because I think he's one of the two vice captains right I think it, we, with him holding such a role it's still important to go to him and say that okay this is what I feel that's going on I think you need to sit out a few games otherwise like it's going to be quite ugly especially when he's at this age he'll be like oh since you guys don't need me anymore I can just bail but I don't think Liverpool don't need him. He, it's just that some things has to be done to get him back on track. Hmm. Let me just float a crazy theory by you, right? And maybe the listeners can have can think about it and and you know come to their own conclusions. But as we all know, Van Dijk suffered a horrible knee injury when they played Everton, and so mm-hmm. that kind of it, it plays in a player's mind because. After such a lengthy layoff, you during the recovery period, you always think, "Oh, will I be back to my former, like mm. my prime self?" Or if I ever dive into challenges like that again, would I aggravate that that same injury? And I think it's but, a combination um, of this. Last mm. season, okay, I did not did not watch him too much last season. Do you, do you think he that, that that do you think that he looks like that with this injury playing at the back of his mind when he was still doing pretty well? I, I think he he's not like prime Van Dyke of what two years ago before the injury, but he did he he was pretty solid last right. season. But I think this season, right, he's he looks like he's not really interested in going gung ho in, in terms of tackles, in terms of putting his body on the line and I think mm. it's because of the World Cup that's gonna yeah. happen in November because in the back of his yeah. mind he could be thinking if I sh- stretch out that little bit more, right? Will it be? It's a it's a real possibility that I would get myself injured, injured. or aggravate the injury and I miss the World Cup, mm. which is why mm. I think he's a lot more hesitant to dive in for challenges and he's a lot more pessimistic in terms of his defending. That's yeah, uh, he's probably also a shoe in for the national yeah team squad. Mm-hmm. I do I do agree because um when I after I tore my my ligament when I went to the states to play I know I could. Mm-hmm my own but it's just the mental block yeah yep. it, yeah it took at least two years to get me over the mental block mm-hmm. yeah mm. just okay but so to summarize Arsenal are good I know we didn't really talk much about them but they, they actually a bit did more praise but <laughs> yeah they, they do yeah. it's just like okay Arsenal you're good you're but top, we did we good. did talk a lot about them last week so true mm, yeah it kind of balances so, out but yeah, but last so, uh, like just a, a last kind of drop on them like are mm-hmm. they now proper title contenders in your opinion? Yes, yes, yes. Cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, I f- I feel it's a squad depth thing. If they keep with this eleven right and they can play injury free the whole season, I think they have every chance. But uh, squad depth might be an issue. Mm. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, Odegaard. I always f- believed in him even when he, people thought he went off the radar. Mm. When he came back and proved the point, so I'm yeah. very happy for Odegaard. Yeah, I I always like how he plays. He reminds me of Ozil, um, mm. and maybe a mix of Kaka. Ozil, <laughs> but a little bit more hardworking. Like he does a lot yeah, of uh, yeah. dirty work as well. Yeah, his his shots are usually uh like like his white shots, are usually quite mm. dirty. Like that's what I've noticed. Unlike Van Dyke's, but then uh moving on, 
Yeah, Cash, we're going to talk about your team, Newcastle. I know right. you weren't available last week to talk about the 4-1 demolition that you guys did against Fulham. So we're just going to bring you back for a, what was it, a, the, the 5-1 demolition of Brentford. So well, can, yeah. can you just imagine that? Like, I mean, let's just <laughs> run that line again. Newcastle, mm-hmm. 4-1 and 5-1. <laughs> and it's yeah. not the scoreline against, it's 4. It's crazy. Yeah. How does, how, what does that make you feel like actually just hearing <laughs> that firstly when, when Nathan sent me the, the notes right then he said uh, free scoring Newcastle and their European ambitions I'm that's replying. Sasha's notes actually just oh yeah so my, first, my reply was straight up free scoring is a bit generous um, uh, <laughs> but nine, nine goals in two games man if that's not free scoring then I bro that's uh, that's city numbers right yeah, there man. yeah and, and to be fair we are playing teams that post Problem for one well, all, all the bigger top six, yeah, right? yeah. like um, Brentford beat Man United, Fulham drew with Liverpool. Albeit they are not the most uh, like informed teams at the moment. I mean the 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 teams that got beat or held back. So um, I did not catch the Fulham game. I was uh, away, but um, yeah, I watched the Brentford game, and you know when you see everyone back and you see Bruno back at his best, you know that he's our most important player. Um, the 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 period where we were doing all the draws, right, is because we didn't have Bruno, no one to control the the game, and then after that, recycle the ball to bring it to attack. Um, so it's 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 a good time to be a Newcastle fan. I have to admit. Um, Almiron is. I'm just looking at the notes that you guys are circled up. Oh, Almiron, what right? what happened to him? Man, like the last time I mentioned his name, I said, um, I don't think he's good enough to play for Newcastle because he's. Yes. Output is not good And I, I mean if you want your player To do well Just feature them on FKB And just <laughs> Talk Let Talk FKB down on them And, and yeah. yeah Like Jeez man So, four, so next week goals. We're gonna see what like Van Dyke shine Rogers <laughs> defending <laughs> um, I I think Almiron He has a Personal Agenda Because uh, You know about The Jack Grealish thing I yeah, think Almiron, yeah. right yep, Yeah yep. So um, He he did He You see With Almiron I, th- I think that he Is just not The most talented player But when Coached properly And then put him to His role Where he shines Right He will Work it out And I think Eddie Howe found it uh, Just like how he found The best role For Joe Linton So um, I I think that Almiron will not f- uh, continue this form the whole season. Uh. I am quite practical. He's he's a purple patch player. Uh, likewise with Perez. But I mean, feel free to prove me wrong. I'll be very happy to be proved wrong. So, uh, well, I mean, what what can I say? I, I think that Eddie Howe is a very good coach. He mm. definitely has his limitations, of course. Um, um, you guys said he's the Mark Hughes. Uh, <laughs> it's... As much as you know, we I I can give back the banter, but there's that ten percent the back of the head, uh, back of my head that uh, have have to be a bit worried about that statement because it might be true. Mm. But at the same time, uh, you know, we only can be happy with what we have on our hands at the moment, and I'm quite pleased with what uh, Eddie Howe has done. You know, five one against Brentford, who are usually not this. They don't concede um, five, man. Yeah, they they're not that this leaky and. What and how we press them to make three mistakes to give us three goals, uh, is a testament of how Eddie Howe really pushed the players to be so fit this season. Mm-hmm. With more on Omaron, right? I always thought he yep. was a right footer, but he seems to be shooting a lot with his left. He is very left footed. He's oh. much more left footed than Ryan Giggs. Yeah. 
Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> because I always thought like, um, why are you using your left foot to shoot when you are a right footer? But mm. yo, the, mm. the 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 shot that he almost scored the was very like first Robin esque. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, Amaron used yeah. to be a cam actually, uh, but okay. uh, R- Rafa tried to convert. First, played him on the left wing because we will, we used to play five four one against. Uh, I mean, when we were with Rafa, we played the five four one. So Amaron was on the left wing, mm-hmm. so Perez could play on the right. Then yeah. when Steve Bruce came in, he put, <sighs> he, <laughs> he put, <laughs> he put Amaron in the center of midfield, <laughs> which <laughs> there was no point. <laughs> Of having him there, I mean, uh, yes, he runs yeah. a lot. He he works hard, <laughs> but you can put an athlete there. He'll run hard, mm. and he'll he work hard. He reminds me yeah. a little bit of uh, Damien Duff. If how so? Like he's industrious and he's left-footed. Uh-huh, yeah, but okay. Damien Duff had an X factor. I mm. I don't. I mean, it's it's, it's maybe, coming out. Maybe Eddie Howe can coach that X factor out of yeah yeah. I mean, yeah. Please, I I would because like you know. Uh, as much as I w- would like him to do well for, just because he's our player we do need him to do well if the times where Sam Maximum is not around or mm-hmm. even if Sam, Max- Sam Maximum is around on the right flank we do need someone as good as ASM and mm. you know for the previous few weeks we did slate Amaron and we felt that he was not good enough recently he has been but yep. can he keep it up that would be the question I he kind of yeah. strikes me a bit of like a like a Dan James a lot of like running and mm-hmm. then finishing has never been that great. Mm-hmm. So now he's really in that purple patch where it, it's so strange. Like he hits the ball and just like, oh, it went in. That's kind of yeah. like, huh? <laughs> okay. I mean, now yeah, that we praise Amiron, I think that's it really. Like, that's it. Back <laughs> to the gulags. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, Cash, I want to know, like, I know you guys are on a really good run of form right now. Do you think that you can keep this up and possibly squeeze in? Okay, wait. What, what is your aspirations for Newcastle this season like your your goal like what would make you happy conference league oh, that's, y- eight, that's right? exactly what he said yeah, the first time the okay. first time I joined you guys I said conference league and uh, obviously a good cup run would be quite exciting I don't intend mm-hmm. to win anything but like you know at least challenge because we haven't been challenging for many many years so that was mm. I'll be okay with that but uh I do believe that expectation change your expectations change with whatever's going on if we can beat uh, beat Man United next week I think uh, we can raise our expectation just a oh, bit more. oh yes no. alright I just realised <laughs> that you guys are going to go head to head I guess I'm oh. on the podcast next week <laughs> alright uh. <laughs> that's a good game yeah, yeah. that's a good game alright that, that's okay. going to be the that's clash well, of the Brunos mm, that's well yeah. wrapped up oh yeah the Bruno Derby the Bruno Derby the Bruno Derby <laughs> well, well, well since we are on the United yeah uh you must be happy, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a a win, you know. <laughs> I'm ha- I'm ha- I'm really happy for for Cron. Man's mm. got the the big seven hundred, and yep. and I think it was the in the previous game. If you watched it, uh, I think it was um the Europa game. Why yep. every chance he he was so he was like beating himself up every mm. chance that he missed and 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 he wasted. So to to get it off his chest, I think. And not as a penalty. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah. it's so much more befitting for him to get that seven hundred goal in the Premier League and not like in the the cha- the the slow brother of the Champions League equivalent. Because yeah, imagine getting yeah. a seven hundred goal against um Omonia Nicosia compared to getting it against, against Everton. Everton. I think it means a lot more to him. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
some plus it's, it's the winning goal. Oh, yeah. And we, I mean, he scores like a hundred and no, not a hundred. I take that back. Seven hundred goals, but he scores like a whole lot of different kind of goals. But the one that he scored mm-hmm. looks like something that's just out of the Ronaldo textbook. Yeah, yeah. Yep, you yep. know, yeah, down that side, hit it low and hard. It doesn't really have to go to the corner. He just he drives it and then it goes under the. We've seen yep. him do yep. that countless of. I mm-hmm. think it feels like half his goals at Real Madrid were scored like that. If yeah. they weren't like curled in somewhere, mm-hmm. he just blasts it. Yeah. That, that was great um, Another uh, Good Anthony goal He's he's not As prolific As maybe Some other Like goal scorers Who Who get a, Like braces and stuff But Anthony's been Been consistently Getting like a goal mm, Like every game Or every other game I feel Yeah like almost every uh, Premier League game He yep. He does right yeah. yeah Even like the one against City That was a good goal And they're all yeah. I'm like starting to think like teams should start to kind of realize his pattern. They are all starting yeah. to look up quite similar, you know. Like mm-hmm. you see him coming on that left foot at the corner of the box, like Ooh. do something. But then it's just like it's very like the way Robin used to do it. You see it yeah. coming, you're just like ah, too late. He's gonna hit it already, and then mm-hmm. there it goes, perfectly placed into the left side. So, um, that's that's another good thing. Um. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I had a yeah. I had a hot take uh, when he mm. joined Man United. I said that he will not score more than eight goals, but he's really three up. So <laughs> I might be looking. At I, I mean, I mean, Cash. To be season. fair, I I said that uh, Haaland wouldn't score more than seventeen Premier League goals, and <laughs> oh. Oh. yeah, <laughs> he he may hit that before Christmas. Jeez, man, he might hit that next week, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. He might, yeah, wait, where's he at now? Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, yeah. He what? Needs, he needs two more to another to hat hit trick. That. Oh, dude, it's written in the stars, man. Sorry, let me see where. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I mean, if you play FPL, captain him, cause mm-hmm. <laughs> man, don't miss. Yeah. I mean, I would like to do a little bit of the. Since I mean, since we have both of you on, a little United versus Newcastle preview. Sure. Hmm. Trippier versus uh, Anthony the two Brunos going up against each other and uh, I think if, if Wilson is fit yeah Wilson against um, was it Varane the Butcher Martinez, Martinez? yeah mm-hmm. Martinez oh, and uh, Lindelof right because Varane is out but I yeah. saw him come in for a cameo mm. we'll Varane? see mm. his is a fitness thing right so yeah. we'll see about that mm, yeah like the matchups right now on 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 paper and in terms of form look pretty good I think the exciting one is really the Bruno versus Bruno cause yeah if both decide to like switch balls out to the to the side through balls this is gonna be a very open game if it and, and in the way that both teams are actually um quite counter attacking of sorts mm. they like to break with speed this could could be quite an open game traditionally I think in in the past before uh, when before Newcastle had the kind of confidence that they have now, maybe back in the dark Bruce era, <laughs> they <laughs> would sit back and then United will have a lot of possession and it'll be quite a, a pretty bland game. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cash. I, I, I never really... Like, they will always hype it up because Newcastle and United were... Uh, no, Rivals. I mean, Newcastle and Manchester. They're both Uniteds. Uh, yeah, there's this old kind of rivalry where it used to be something a bit more heated. I would yeah. feel. It's not technically a derby, but they have history ever yep. since like the Shearer days. Um, but like all the games, I think back when it was like Mourinho versus like Bruce, those games were kind of like, I can, I can don't watch, you know? 
Yeah, um, so the I think the closest one that we will all remember is uh, Ronaldo's debut. Uh, I think Bruce just decided to give up, sit back, and let Ronaldo take the show. Th- thankfully, uh, it was in oh, it was in Saint James's Park. Oh mm. my gosh, it was in I think it was in Saint James's Park. Yeah, but we we were so poor in that game. Uh, a- ASM tried his best. Uh, I think Mankio got a goal, but um, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like there was no point in watching those games. Um, we did post a few problems to you guys when uh, Matt, uh, Matty Longstaff decided to have a personal agenda against Man United for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I recall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. I had to re- re- take back. It wasn't Bruce and, and Mourinho. It was Mourinho and like Padu. Mourinho I think and was I think it's Benitez. If it's Mourinho, Benitez. Period. Oh yeah, um, but there was one game that I was really, really, very upset with uh, Benitez for. I think we were winning three one, or, or we were winning two 0 and then he decided to close shot. Uh, oh. Then um, you guys came back I think it was It was a masterclass by uh, she, I, I think it was Bruno That day And mm-hmm. then we they, You guys came back And won the game So um, Yeah But we used to Not be able to know What to do The moment we went down Or the moment people Started to be good Against us But now it's a Different story So um, Obviously it's exciting um, I But I'm under no illusion That we'll be walking the game because uh, menu are starting to, you know, put a bit of the pieces together now, so um, it's not a taken for granted. But it's an exciting. Game. It's always exciting for me when we watch uh, Newcastle Man United. Yeah. Not uh, particularly for the the things that happen on the field, but because the people around me, like my dad, and my brother, they are all mm. Man United fans. Oh. So yeah, it's a bit tasty. Uh, my friends also, my group of friends, there are two Man U fans also. So it's mm. usually quite tasty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just, just add extra had spice. Like yeah, sorry. Just add extra mm. spice no, to this tie, yeah, right? It's a uh, fifth against six. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Newcast- yeah. Uh, Newcastle's at six, whereas United's at fifth position. So I, I think it's there's a lot more um, importance to this game, you know. Like whoever wins mm. will leapfrog the other. So if we talk about um, matchups, right? I, I actually I do worry about Trippier against Rashford because Trippier is starting to show a bit of lack of pace. I mean, he's still a very very good player, but uh, in terms of pace, if Man United decided to sit back and do a counter attack, we might be in trouble because our back four might not be the fastest around. Mm-hmm. I think Botman is probably the fastest, but he's still no. Um, if we talk about like the fastest, not a speedster. Yeah, yeah, he's he's nowhere near. The faster defenders So That might be the one I'm, I'm worried about I think that The battle of the Brunos Wise If he gets If Gimaresh can push The game to be Very feisty right He's won the game already Because mm-hmm. he's He's a nasty player As much as he's Very classy and stuff like He has that nasty He's a bit like Kevin De Bruyne Like he looks so classy right But they have a nasty streak in them mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If they can change That and put the game Onto Bruno Fernandes it might, uh, there might be a problem for Man United. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I had flashbacks of there were a couple. I think it wasn't even that long ago. A couple of uh, John Joe Shelby Rockets <laughs> that uh, you scored against us, and yeah. so whenever I see him, I'm just like, man, this guy. He <laughs> always, you know, we talk about this a lot. Some players always have a thing against other teams, and yep, John yep. Joe Shelby has something against United. So, but he's not fit to start, right? Oh, is it? I don't well, think so. Yeah, but <laughs> even so, I think the uh, midfield trio of was it Willock, Gimares, and uh, was it Shang Long stuff. Yeah, I think it's been they've been doing pretty well lately. But so I think, you know, don't don't try to fix what 
it's not broken and do you see this game to be rather cagey one or would it do you think it'll be end to end because I think right now you guys have one of the in terms of goal scoring right you guys have scored one of the most goals in in the league so I I'm secretly hoping as a neutral right it will be uh, a classic like goals galore but I, I think both of you guys <laughs> I, I don't know if your hearts can take it <laughs> I think starting will be very cagey then mm. um maybe a few incidents will happen that will open up the game uh, like maybe a VAR call or offside goal something mm. like that might yeah uh, I don't know you know like this is a very new look uh, Newcastle United at the same time uh, I cannot say we have been extremely consistent that's why mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how to predict this uh, we we were doing very well the past two weeks but it's only three weeks ago where we were struggling with draws so mm-hmm. it's it's very it's really very hard for me to predict something. I do think that if you if you want a score prediction, I think it's a hmm. I'll go two two. Okay, you go with a draw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I rather it not be a draw. I'm I'm really hoping that there's a it's a it's an ultra effort an yeah. early goal mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, I don't even mind if Newcastle scores, but it's just someone to like get one side bleeding and then it becomes like alright mm. let's just go for it you know let's right. get the equalizer and stuff and it becomes a classic mm-hmm. um, in in the kind of goals coming from that you guys are in right now I really do expect your players to really come at us so like Almiron makes some runs if ASM is, is fit and and Callum Wilson as well I, I can see it being like four five attackers flooding forward mm-hmm. and then the reverse will happen as well for United because you have if Anthony carries the ball, you have Rashford running up, or Ronaldo running up as well. It could do you, be. Do you quite think that um, Marshall will be back for the for this game? Marshall. Yeah. Mm, I don't know actually. I didn't see his injury, but um, I really hope it's not bad because man's been in good form. Like yeah. this was the Marshall that we know and love, the one that came from France. You know, yeah. for <laughs> the million. Berlin the all close <laughs> Marshall. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That was the one that not the not last season where we had to let him go to severe because like he just he he was a shadow of himself. This guy's come back with like a vengeance. He wants to show that that he he really owns that number nine mm-hmm. on his shirt. And it's just yeah injuries. It's just the one thing that we all didn't want him to get. So hopefully he's back. Um, and he, he does provide something different. He's been in and out with injuries with this short season itself. So that's a concern, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, but the the other good thing is that even though he's had these small injuries, it's not a major one that's held him up for so long. So when he does come back, he still seems to have that fire, and he's right. it doesn't seem like it's affected his game sharpness. Because that's mm. the one thing that injuries can do to you. But in the in the short like kind of like cameos that he makes as a substitute, uh, he's been quite deadly actually. So it's it's good to have him. The one that I think only recently seems to kind of have dropped out a little bit is Sancho. Um, maybe because now Anthony's playing more yeah. um, so that's an interesting one mm, but competition for places is, is, is a good thing but uh, that's the position that I'm not sure I don't know who will be starting I'm guessing it will be Anthony uh, but then whether or not Sancho will get a run in the game is another thing so yeah I, I'm hoping that okay me United fan I hope that we win definitely but I, I actually would be okay if it's a high scoring game like maybe like a 4-3 
four mm. two, yeah, something like that. So what's your prediction? Four. Uh, I'll, go three, with, uh, four go four three. Three. I'll go four three. I'll go four three. Yeah, it gets all yeah, the way yeah. to the end, and then that someone nicks it, and then it's like VAR says it's a goal. <laughs> there was a four three scoreline before, from what I remember. One of the many four threes. Uh, was it Chicharito with the winner? I I do remember like oh. Carrick just. That's doing long. a lot pass <laughs> and then Chicharito just slotting it past Team Cruel. For me, oh, I, I think Team um, Cruel. Mm. So four three to United. Man, man, yeah, Manchester three, yeah. United. Yeah, Man United. Yeah. Um, Sash, that's classics. your prediction as well. Uh I I think yeah I I'll go four three as well. But to mm. Newcastle United. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Interesting. So I mean, we've done it. Help, we've cursed it. Even so it'll be a new, new. FKB curse. It'll be new, new <laughs> like, in the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be new, new two disallowed goals from both sides. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. I oh think. Well. Um, Which one? Just scoring again. Some of the other. Yeah. Yep. Harland scoring again for City in a extremely easy four 0 win. Nothing That's much not to talk about. Anymore. Yeah, nothing much to talk about. City breezing through Southampton, keeping Arsenal on their toes. Spurs winning Chelsea one nil again. Getting yeah. some form back. Yeah, um, with a much rotated side though. Kind of surprised that they've been. They they look like a team, which is a much better improvement compared to being under Tuchel. Which, dude, if if Tuchel was still in charge and he put out that team, I don't think we would have. You would sack him again. <laughs> yeah, I would sack him again immediately. Like we wouldn't look as good under Tuchel with this team, you know, compared to being under Potter. Because, like, just to touch a little bit on that subject, I'm so used to seeing balls being played on the wings to the wing backs, and we're just forcing crosses in to no one. But with Potter, right? At least there's some build up in the middle with Loftus Cheek, Mount, and and uh, was it Jorginho? In the midfield, yeah, there's there's some mm-hmm. kind of passing patterns through the middle. It's not just to the sides, and then we hope for the best from the wing backs. So, yeah, I think the acid test right now is away at the San Siro against Milan. If I I right now I I don't really want to give a prediction because I don't want to to curse my own team. But if we do get a favorable result at the San Siro, I think you know it 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 kind of. Potter, alright, right now, right, I'm not, uh, we all know that Potter's a great coach, but whether he's a world-class manager, it's, yeah, only time will tell. Yeah, he do has the credentials, you know, a master's in personal relationships or something like that, a pretty niche master's degree to get, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm just quietly hopeful that um, we'll get a, a good result, and, yeah, it, it just... Like like I'm just gonna stick to my my prediction or rather my expectations of the season. It's gonna be a struggle, but uh, even if we don't get Champions League spots, right? I think it's to me. I just want to see improve, improvement in the performances, because even right now there's still remnants of Tuchel tax la, which it needs to be stamped out by Potter because uh, Mount has been improving after I put him on fraud watch, which is. I mean, I'm not even surprised anymore. La. Like, it's, it's a, it's a three-year thing since we started this podcast. Like, whoever we sh- firmly believe should be on Fraud Watch, they, they just like... I don't know if they listen to this podcast or not, but they have like a rocket <laughs> up their ass and they start improving. But yeah, it, it's... 
baby steps man baby steps and well since mm. I've already mentioned it it's our favourite segment of the podcast it's Fraud Watch so do you guys have any uh, nominees that you have because uh, I, I think I think this Fraud Watch uh, curse or blessing only works if we truly believe that the player belongs in the gulags <laughs> yeah so yes. um Real Nathan, honestly, do you have any any nominees? Um, I really wish I could pick a player, but, but I had something at, like in my mind because there's another thing that has happened again. And no matter how many times we put mm-hmm. this thing in Fraud Watch, it doesn't the the curse doesn't work. It's and that VR. is a VAR <laughs> and the handball, but specifically handball. I think mm-hmm. this weekend we saw there were quite a lot of um handballs in the box that mm-hmm. should could. But weren't or was given as penalties. Sorry, um, speaking of handballs, right? Uh, because I saw the the highlights on Man United. Uh, so the Rashford one was cancelled because of handball, is it? Yeah, because apparently now I went. Uh, there's a lot of different rules, but apparently, handball. If you're the attacker, if it touches your hand, whether you meant it or not, it's a handball. But if you're a defender, it's like because do you see the one um, Jota hit it against Gabriel's hand? The one that he kind of did something that looked like a chicken wing. It's yeah, so apparently uh, if you keep it uh, on the line of a body, then it's not a handball, right? But the that one wasn't in line with his body. It was just, I think they used the whole like, oh, he when he kicked the ball, he was too close to him, so he didn't have time to move his hand. Mm. But the hand's like not within the body shape. Because there was another one, I think it was the Antonio one, where his hand is within his body. Mm. But he also kind of uses his hand. Yeah, I mean, it hits it so clearly. So it's very confusing. Yeah, like in the Newcastle game, there was one as well. Trippier backed across against one of the defenders, hit the hand, but the hand was in the body shape. So yeah, it's a bit. I weird. think that one's still easier to to get because if your hand was there or it wasn't, it's still hitting that that place. Yeah, so it uh, if it's deflected from there, it's fine. But if your hand is like, even though it's natural, like for you to jump and then spread your hands out to balance yourself, but if it hits your hand, and it's on its way, like. Towards goal Or like as a cross But it's within the box I would think that would be given Whether it's natural or not I mean Your hand is not within the, your The rest of your body shape But So That's a bit sus on that one um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying Like it should have been a penalty Or it shouldn't It's just Maybe they just need to be A bit more consistent again Like Shall we just say It hits your hand It is Intentional or not Like They've changed this rule so many times That now we don't I can't even remember What is the current rule So this is not specifically VAR. This is refereeing, refereeing rules, I would say. Yeah. And because uh, this season, they've changed a lot of things to become more lenient, right? Like, we've seen it even, like, tackles that used to be yep. uh, immediate fouls. They're just, like, now just, nah, not even, you know? Mm. So, I'm not sure if this is part of the whole, like, we can be a bit more lenient. But that also makes it a bit more, like, up to the interpretation of the ref. Which is fine. If you're going to say it's up to the interpretation of the ref, then... It should be that clear But then VAR sometimes comes in And then like cycles The ref will be like So the ref gives a decision You're like That's fine Looks alright with everyone Then VAR overturns And everyone's just like What is VAR doing You know So it's yeah, It's really confusing Yep uh, Yeah so While I think of a player I'm putting Refereeing decisions And <laughs> the handball rule Into the fraud watch mm-hmm. I'm uh I'm gonna put Van Dyke man <laughs> Massive How could we not After fraud. that discussion <laughs> Massive fraud in in twenty twenty two or rather in the uh, 
like like since since game one of the twenty two twenty three season, he's been totally off it. I don't really know what the hell's wrong with him. Um, I sympathize with the injury that he has, but like I said, not getting your shots dirty. I mean, we've we've all been brought up in the era where defenders we like John Terry, like Vidic, Ferdinand. Like, yeah, as in, I mean, there are plenty more defenders like that, but the, the rugged, the dogged, the defenders that will put the bodies on the line, but to see Van Dyke defend like that is, it's criminal, man. So, mm. don't know what the hell is wrong with you. And, uh, yeah, now that I put him in the gulags of Fraud Watch, he'll pocket Harlan now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's my nominee. Uh, Cash, do you have one? Uh, mine would be Jurgen Klopp. Mm. Keeping that team, that Liverpool team on, but yeah. Yeah, because I agree. think that uh, we are a bit sick of putting Leicester in there. Yeah. They broke the curse for a bit, <laughs> but I guess. Yeah, but they're, but they're back in again. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe you didn't, you guys didn't talk about them last week, right? I haven't finished mm. the podcast yet. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. <laughs> well, alright. Good old, good old club is back in the gulags. It's, I've never ever thought that we were put Van Dyke and Klopp on Fraud Watch, <laughs> but you know, it things happen, man. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't too long ago you you would say. I mean, you you saw it, but Tuko wins the Champions League, then he's in Fraud Watch, and then he's <laughs> yeah. sacked. You know <laughs> how how quickly time erodes away. <laughs> yeah. If I have right. to scratch and put a player, I'll put um, I'll actually. Because it might be Yeah I think I'll put Callum Wilson in there um, He Oof. might have assisted But I think he was Trying too hard mm. uh, In the Brentford game And he was Actually very selfish In a lot of the instances As well And he missed one sitter mm. So uh, it's, it's no Actually it's also A, a commandment To a, what a player he is Because yep. uh, I hold him to Very high standards Yeah mm-hmm. This is yeah. also An attempt to use Watch to flip the guy <laughs> to have a yeah. outstanding <laughs> game next. Yeah, <laughs> because in the next game, I think he sucks back, so he's gonna be a bit, a bit under more, a bit more pressure. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. Because uh, just you a know? reminder, like last last game, uh, last podcast, I put Mount in because I was like really pissed off with how he was performing. Man of the match, man of the match with two mm-hmm. assists, man. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think Anthony, Ronaldo, and uh, Rashford <laughs> all uh, <laughs> deserve a nomination. <laughs> but actually, we, we, we had this thing that we've been doing recently, which is the reverse for watch, right? Which is where mm. we actually want to give a bit of praise to certain players. Yep. I think after a discussion like we just had, we have to actually give uh, Almiron a shout out. Mm-hmm. Because yep. like, yeah. we've really oh, slayed the doubling guy, down on it, know? man. <laughs> man, we we were credit grealishes. Deal, let's yeah. let's be honest, guys. Yeah, let's yeah. we were like grealish. We really didn't give him a a, mm-hmm. a chance. And the man has proven that actually, under like maybe new management is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you can turn your your kind of like season around. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to be a one trick pony. I would say mm-hmm. you can actually still develop and 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 yeah, like what we said earlier. Maybe this is where we see the manager really digging up and. Um, seeing some like the Amaran that we've never seen before so mm-hmm. I think he deserves a, a mention Peril yeah, Grian Arian Robert I, man. yeah <laughs> I have a suggestion <laughs> to call the reverse fraud watch uh, boss watch oh mm. boss the midfield wow wow alright I, I like I like that that 
I like how it rings, man. Boss yeah, watch. I, uh, actually, my nomination for boss watch. I mean, since you guys already put in on my run, uh, I think mm. I we have give a lot of credit to the Bournemouth coach, who mm. has been the interim coach as well. Yeah. Uh yeah, because uh, you know name. we all listen to Scott Parker and he said, oh, this team needs a lot of help, but this guy mm. is doing everything on his own, and it's also testament to. Maybe he's just an average coach, but maybe he mm. knows this crop of players really, really well, and he's doing mm. a job yeah. with them. So I want to give them some credit. And they are both Liverpool <laughs> team that smashed them nine 0 So it's pretty funny, man. But um, <laughs> yeah, you guys got anything to add on? If not, I'll just wrap up this episode. Yeah, uh, I have one thing. I just want to yeah. give a bit of a uh, condolences to uh, the Brighton midfielder Mwepu who has to oh, retire. Oh yes, yes. Because uh, he they got some he has been discovered with a I think heart it's issue. hereditary right yeah, yeah a heart hereditary heart issue yeah yeah and uh, it's never easy to take uh, you when mm. you're forced out of your job it's terrible yeah, feeling, I so I he, he was he, yeah he was a very promising player like a lot of top clubs were looking at him but uh, yeah he was like viewed with the same uh, line with like Bisuma right mm, yeah. yeah yeah so it's quite unfortunate. Wish him all the uh, I mean, mm, hopefully he gets like a ambassador role at Brighton or something. Yeah. Like um, what what Fabrice Mwamba had at Bolton after that incident. But mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, I'm gonna wrap this episode up. Thank you to Nate as well as uh, Cash for joining me this evening. And yeah, uh, for the listeners, if you like this episode, do follow us on our socials on Instagram at uh, Full Kit Banter and yeah I guess we'll catch you again next week and who knows you might have a very special item coming up well depending on uh, what happens this weekend in the Premier League and uh, ciao